On Kronzepipa, there is a great mountain known as Kronzep, from which the island takes its name. Text 19, translation. Although the vegetables living on the slopes of Mount Kronzep were attacked and devastated by the weapons of Kartikeya, the mountain has become fearless because it is always based on all sides by the ocean of milk and protected by Varuna Deva. Text 20 Translation The ruler of this island was another son of Maharaj Priyabrata. His name was Gritaprastha and he was a very learned scholar. He also divided his own island among his seven sons. After dividing the island into seven parts, named according to the names of his sons, Gritaprastha Maharaj completely retired from family life and took shelter at the lotus feet of the Lord, the soul of all souls, who has all auspicious qualities. Atma Bhutasya, the soul of all souls, Hare Saranaravindam, Upajarama took shelter. Thus he attained perfection. Text 21, translation. The sons of Maharaj Vritaprastha were named Ama, Maduruha, Mehaprastha, Sudhama, Vrithadhishta, Lohit Arna, and Vanaspati. In their island, there are seven mountains which indicate the boundaries of the seven tracts of land and there are also seven rivers. The mountains are named Shukla, Vardhamana, Bhojana, Upabari, Upabarina, Nanda, Nandana and Sarvatobhudha. The rivers are named Abhaya, Amruthaga, Aryaka, Tirtavati, Rupavati, Pavitravati and Shukla. Text 22 Translation and purport. The inhabitants of Kramsavipa were divided into four castes called the Purushas, Rishabhas, Dravinas and Devakas. Using the waters of those sanctified rivers, they worshipped the Supreme Personality of God and by offering a palm full of water at the lotus feet of Varuna, the demigod who has a form of water. With joint arms, the inhabitants of the various sections of Kronsavita offer the sanctified waters of the rivers to a deity made of stone or iron. Purusha 
and protected by Varuna Deva. So one energy of the Lord is attacking you, another energy of the Lord is protecting you. Because Krishna describes that Senaninam Aham Skandara. He is opulence as the commander in chief. That is called Kartikeya. The mountain is still protected by another potency of the Lord in form of ocean of milk protected by Varuna Deva. Now we also hear about the glory of the son of Maharaj Priyavrata, Gurdhaprastha Maharaj. We see the beings of those glorious kings, how they are able to deal with the material nature, according to the ashram that they are situated in. When they are situated in the ashram, they use the principle of uh, renunciation by properly engaging the land, the wealth, the people they are commanding. They use all of that in the Lord's service. This is the proper renunciation as um, described by Rupa Goswami. Hari Sambandini Vastuna. They see that in connection with the Lord and use all of that in connection to the Lord in His service. And then, when time comes, they are able to hand over the responsibility to their sons, divide the tract of land, and move to the other side of the renunciation which is fully focusing on the feet of the Lord. Hares Charanara Vindam took shelter. So, engaging in the Vanakrathashram, how to deal with material nature, is to um, see that in connection with the Lord, renounce, but um, do that always in connection with the Lord. Now that you are out of the responsibilities, you take on the full responsibility of taking shelter of the Lord who has all auspicious qualities and thus he attained perfection. So this particular sequence gets repeated again and again just so that we get the message about how to use the material nature in the Lord's service when you are in a particular ashram and how to use the material nature when you move from one ashram to the other and how to take full shelter of the Lord. Then we hear about the list of the names of Maharaj Prasta, the glorious sons, the glorious father and we also hear about the Seven rivers. The purifying effect of the rivers and their potency is being discussed. And the important aspect of satisfying the Lord just with a palm full of water offered with love and devotion. That is being stressed in the 22nd verse 
22nd verse also talks about how the society is divided into four castes. The inhabitants of Kansuvipa are divided into four castes called Purusha, Trishavas, Dravinas, and Devakas. The similar thing we can see in Bhagavad Gita as to how the Lord divides the um, human society based on Varanam and Ashram. And here we see the inhabitants engaged in the worship of the Lord by offering a palm full of water and the lotus feet of Varuna, the demigod who has a form of water. Yesterday Gopin just spoke nicely about the demigod, <coughs> how to properly worship the demigod, what is their position. If we see the demigods in connection with the Lord, and worship them uh, to pacify the Supreme Personality of Godhead as he brings about the concept of why this creation is there in the third chapter, why he does it, why he sends the rituals and the demigods and what is the purpose of the creation. If we have that understanding and worship, not having separated vision and separated demigods from the Supreme Personality of Godhead and worship them. So that is separated vision. That is improper. Whereas the proper, is to, uh, proper approach is to see the demigods as part and parcel, as the emperor, administrators of the Lord, and worship them in that mood to please the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Then that is proper worship. And that principle is being applied and practiced, the philosophy is going to practice by the inhabitants of Pranjali, by taking one of the five separated energies of the Lord, which is water, and offering it with love and devotion to the Supreme Lord. We get additional details from the Acharya's purports that the, um, the inhabitants of various sections of Pranjali offer the sanctified waters of the rivers to a deity made of stone or iron. Then when there is uh, a deity, then there is offering and there is also mantras. That's how we see the whole sequence. Even in the previous chapter, um, for that matter, even from starting from the 17th chapter, and we see Lord Shiva worshipping, and then there is a mantra, and then there is an offering, like that. So here, um, the mantra is given Apaha Purusha Vidyasta Punanti Gur Bhuvasuvaha Thanaha Punithamiva Vini Sparshatam Atmana Bhuva Iti. So, in this particular verse 23, the potency of the rivers and seeing the rivers also in connection with the Supreme Lord. The rivers have obtained their energy from the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And that's what we saw in the descent of Mother Ganges, how the whole pastime was described. Mother Ganges emanating from the feet of the Lord, she is able to purify the three Words.
So the rivers they purify the three primary systems, Guloka, Kovaloka and Swaloka. And by your constitutional nature, so the rivers by nature, because they are pure, they are able to take away the sins. And this is why we are offering our respects to you. Kindly continue to purify us. The, one of the striking points that came out when reading this particular section is that how the Lord is pleased just by offering a handful of water. And this is being described in the Chaitanya Charitamrita also, where Gautami and Tantra is being quoted. Tulasi Dala Mantrena Jalasya Chulukena Va Vikirnite Swam Atmana Hmm. Sri Krishna, who is very affectionate towards his devotees, sells himself to a devotee. Sells himself to a devotee who offers him merely a tulsi leaf and a palm full of water. Hmm. That's the nature of the Lord. How he is Bhaktivyo Bhaktavatsala. He is very affectionate towards his devotees and he sells himself to a devotee who offers him merely a tulsi leaf and a palm full of water. That water, again, being an energy of the Lord, as described in the 9th, um, 7th, and the 9th chapters of the Gita, if you offer that separated energy of me, to me, with love and devotion, then I will accept you. In the book, Shri Prabhupada talks about the various energies of the Lord. The recent discussion on the Gita chapters, how the Lord is taking care of the living entities, at the very personal level and also at the macro level. The theme gets discussed in the 15th chapter as to how the Lord is a maintainer at the macro level, at the cosmic level, by providing sunlight, moonlight, fire, and all the elements that Prabhupada is quoting Bhagavad Gita from. The potency, all that, Krishna established that He is the essence of all of that. The sun and the moon are his eyes, the smell of the earth is him, Humyo Ganda. And in that section, Prabhupada explains as to how the rising of the sun and the sunlight makes a person uh, be aware of the time factor and then based on that, work happens. You begin work at a particular time, you reach a peak of work and then you all that is driven by the sun. When you come home and you want to relax, then there is moonlight. And while you are working properly, experience, you deal with fire in the form of machinery. Everything is powered by electricity, which is formed of fire. And in this way, your work life, your recreation, all that is being supported by the Lord. And Krishna does explain that one who is able to balance his 
eating sleeping recreation and work can mitigate all material miseries he through his energies he is governing it he is assisting and he is also um, elevating you if you think about these elements in your day to day life when you connect them back to lord he elevates you also another aspect of the lord's mercy is being discussed as to how the moonlight not only gives cooling rays and facilitates recreation but it also nourishes the vegetables and then these vegetables will taste nice if you have the appetite in your stomach and that fire is also the lord pachami anna chaturvedam So this way, the Lord is helping the living entity through His energies at the cosmic level and also at the uh, personal level. So in that section, seven point nine, Prabhupada writes: Everything in the material world has a certain flavor or fragrance, as the flavor and fragrance of a flower, or in the earth, in water, in fire, in air, etc. The uncontaminated flavor, the original flavor which permeates everything is Krishna. The uncontaminated flavor, the original flavor which permeates everything is Krishna. Similarly, everything has an original taste, and this taste can be changed by the mixture of chemicals. So everything original has some smell, some fragrance, and some taste. So this way, the Lord is um, making us aware of His potencies, and how if we become aware of His potencies when we are using, we become Krishna conscious. That's how Prabhupada writes. In Krishna consciousness, we become aware that earth, water, fire, air, and every active particle, all chemicals, all material elements are due to Krishna. So. If we are able to see that connection, hmm? uh, we are able to see Krishna consciousness. We are able to perceive presence of Krishna in every sphere of our life. So that's how Prabhupada summarizes that purport of seven point nine, where the theme of elongating one's life. So that's being touched upon here as well. By bathing in the waters of the rivers, one can get out of various diseases. This is being explained um, with reference to Mother Ganges and how in India a lot of them bathe in the waters of Mother Ganges and get out of the diseases. When describing the universal form of the Lord, the rivers are considered to be the nerves of the universal form, and that's why when you bathe in water, your nervous system becomes strong. So, running water, running river, if you bathe, your nervous system becomes stronger, and therefore your diseases become cured. 
the purifying potency of Mother Ganges, Prabhupada explains in the 5th um, canto, 17, chapter 9th verse, for those who bathe in the Ganges at any time, the results of great sacrifices like Ashwamedha and Rajasuya Yajna are not at all difficult to achieve. So just by bathing in Ganges, you get physical benefits and spiritual benefits also. You get the results of performing Ashwamedha and Rajasuya sacrifice. Next, I wanted to discuss about the purifying aspect of the Lord and His energies, His holy name and also through the scriptures. We saw about the purifying aspect of the rivers. Now we will see about the purifying aspect of the Lord Himself as He describes that of all the purifiers, I am the wind in describing His opulence. Another way the Lord purifies is by giving knowledge and this knowledge is figuratively described as fire, as the fire of knowledge. 4.37 Krishna described that as a blazing fire turns fire into ashes. O Arjuna, so does the fire of knowledge burn to ashes all reactions of material activities. So by giving knowledge and by encouraging us, by inspiring us, Krishna is purifying by removing all the sins. Even a sinful person can purify himself if he situates himself in the boat of knowledge. And is described as Suddham, pure in the Srimad Bhagavatam. Lord Kapila also when describing the meditation sequence of the yogis. The yogis are supposed to meditate on the feet of the Lord. The feet of the Lord can drive away the darkness in the heart, hridaya andhakar, sanchintaye bhagavatas charanaravindam vajrangusa dvajat saroruha lanchanatham uttunga rakta vilasan nakachakravala joshnadivit One has to meditate on the feet of the Lord, Sanchitaye, Bhagavatas, Charanaravindam. That feet is decorated with various weapons, Vajra, Ambusa, and all that smash the mountain of sins and purifies. Then it removes the Andhakarma, the ignorance, which is clouding the heart, Hridaya Andhakarma. So this way the Lord's feet also purifies. Purification also happens in Kali Yuga for the living entities by chanting the holy name of the Lord. Uh, Mahaprabhu himself has sung this Cheto Darpana Mahajana. Purifying aspect, the potency of the holy name for one who chants without the offenses, purifies the polluted consciousness. Cheta, um, the polluted consciousness gets purified 
of unwanted things. Anarthas get removed. And uh, pure desires, spiritual desires become fulfilled. In this way, holy name also purifies. Having discussed the purifying potency of the Lord, His feet and the Holy Name, we will move on to the potency of His Leelas, His descriptions through the Shastras, especially uh, Bhagavad Gita, through the Gita Mahatmya. And interestingly, the Gita Mahatmya, we also have a comparison of Gita compared to a milk. Just as Kramsa Dvipa is protected by the ocean of milk because it's always bathed in the ocean of milk even though attacked by the weapons of Kartikeya. Similarly, even though we are attacked by the eternal enemies of the living entity, if one is able to drink the nectarian milk of Bhagavad Gita, one will definitely be protected. Sarva Upanishado Gavo Dogha Gopal Nandanaha Parto Vatsaha Sudhir Bhokta Dugdham Gitaam Rutam This Gita Upanishad, Bhagavad Gita, the essence of all Upanishads is just like a cow and Lord Krishna, who is famous as a cowboy boy, is milking this cow. Arjuna is just like a calf and learned scholars and few devotees are to drink the nectarian milk of Bhagavad Gita. So if one does that, one becomes purified. Another Mahatmya of the Gita, which is compared, Gita is compared to Ganges, and they said that by bathing the Ganges many times, uh, one will get purified. But if one bathes in the sacred Ganges water of Bhagavad Gita, then the dirt of material life is altogether vanquished. Mala Nirmochanam Kumsam Jalasnam Dine Dine Sakrit Gitanutasnam Samsara Mala Nashanam. So, this Gita Mahatmya is by Sripad Ali Sankaracharya. Prabhupada quotes it in the introduction to Bhagavad Gita as to how the purifying potency of the words emanating from the mouth of the Lord is being glorified and is compared to milk and Ganges water. Next we will look at the purifying aspects of hearing Srimad Bhagavatam. Those who drink through oral reception fully filled with the nectarian messages of Lord Krishna 
message. But it is drunk through the ears. The message of Lord Krishna, the beloved of the devotees, what it does? It purifies the polluted aim of life known as material enjoyment. And thus the devotees go back to Godhead to the lotus feet of the personality of Godhead. Vibhantiye Bhagavat Atmana Satam Katamritam Shravan Kuteshu Sangritam Punantite Vishay Vidushitashayam Vrajanti Tat Charana Saroru Hantikam So Vibhanti is drinking. Then that's the uh, effect of receiving Srimad Bhagavatam through oral reception. It purifies us. Through the ears, it enters the heart. And what does it do in the heart? Is the sound incarnation of Lord Krishna, the supreme soul, that is Srimad Bhagavatam, enters to the heart of a self-realized devotee, sits on the lotus flower of his loving relationship, and thus cleanses the dust of material association such as lust, anger, and hankering. Thus, it acts like autumnal rains upon pools of muddy water. Again, what the message of Bhagavatam does after entering the heart is being described. It removes the dust of the lust, anger and hankering. Establishes one in a loving relationship. Pravishta karana tandrena swana bhavat sarvarukam Dunoti Shamala Krishna Sarilasya Hita Sharat. So by entering, if you give oral reception, enters and purifies. If this is the case, why is it that even after hearing Srimad Bhagavatam for many years? as His Holiness Bhakti Vijayana Maharaj describes, why is it that devotees are not getting purified and why is it that they are not getting ecstasy and why is it that they are not, tears are not coming from their eyes and they are not rolling in the ground, why? And that we will focus on why the change of the heart is not happening even after hearing Srimad Bhagavatam for many years. So, this is based on Maharaj's seminar and another devotee has written a blog about the seminar. So, I will be discussing points from that. So, in the seminar, Maharaj is quoting this famous Bhagavatam verse, Srimadam Svakata Krishna Punyashravana Kirtana Vridhyantastohi Abhadrami Vidutnoti Shurutsatam Sri Krishna, the personality of Godhead, who is Paramatma, super soul in everyone's heart, and the benefactor of the truthful devotee, cleanses desire for material enjoyment from the heart of the devotee, who has developed the urge to hear his messages, which are in themselves virtuous when properly heard and chanted. So Maharaj is asking us to focus on the purport of this particular verse, 1 to 17. And he zooms into one particular word 
in the purport and then explains why the purification is not happening. Prabhupada writes in 127 Messages of the personality of God like Sri Krishna are not different from Him. Whenever therefore offenses, hearing and glorification of God are undertaken, it is to be understood that Lord Krishna is present there in the form of transcendental sound, which is as powerful as the Lord personally. So, we will just read through this purport quickly, but if one reads through it word by word as Maharaj engraves, he zooms into this, whenever, therefore, offenseless hearing and glorification of God are undertaken, then you can expect the results. Which means, while hearing Bhagavatams and while glorifying also, we must be offenseless. Then, the all that purifying aspect which we heard about the glories of the Srimad Bhagavatam, the effect it produces, that will happen only if we hear offenselessly. So, what, now, what is the next aspect? Is what is this proper mood of hearing? Now, Maharaj explains that there are four conditions how to hear properly. The first condition is one must have a strong faith in the words of Guru. This means that you have complete trust and surrender to the words of Guru. When hearing the words of Guru, when hearing Shastras from Guru, you have this surrender attitude and you must take the words to your heart and you must apply in your life. What goes through your ears should transform the heart, should inspire your brain and the action should happen through your hands, in the proper hands and legs through the proper direction. So, this is the first proper attitude. Surrender, complete faith and applying, taking it to heart and applying. <clears throat> the second is Dhanya Bhav. The, the mood of I am so fallen and I desperately need to hear this. The opposite is I have heard this many times. The daily we chant. Daily we go and hear what same. Tell me something new. Or we may think I can speak better than the speaker. So if we go in for to hear Srimabhagavatam with this attitude, transformation of heart will not happen. So, the mood of humility must be maintained, that desperate, as Krishna describes, one who has developed that urge to hear, without thinking that I know this or I can speak better than the 
person who is telling the message that has to be removed and one has to maintain dhainya bhav. The third aspect of proper hearing is one has to overcome the defects or faults of his mind. How does Krishna describe? Chanchalamhi Mahaha Krishna. So to become fixed in hearing, Maharaj uses the story of Sripad Madhvacharya. In Madhvacharya's ashram, there used to be a bull. As we know, bulls and cows eat grass and then they start chewing slowly and take it out there. The whole process, they eat quickly, then drink it out and then they start chewing. Now the speciality of this bull is that as soon as Madhvacharya, Sripad Madhvacharya starts to speak, this bull, which is by nature, chews the uh, food that it has eaten, it will stop chewing and it will start to hear. Which means, Maharaj explains that our mind should stop chewing whatever is going on, being restless, moving from one thing to the other thing to the other. In the bottom glass, when it is happening, stop that and just hear. Now, to complete the story, that bull took birth as another Acharya, as Jayadita, German Vaishnava, then he wrote commentaries on Srivad Mandalacharya's teachings. So the action point Maharaj says that one has to train the mind to stop the chewing and hear attentively. The next aspect is one has to hear and concentrate using one's intelligence and also use the intelligence to apply what he has heard. With the intention to absorb and apply in one's life, that's how the intelligence has to be engaged. The next aspect is one has to remove any motivations while hearing Srimad Bhagavatam. There could be various motivations for hearing Srimad Bhagavatam. The modes also play a part when hearing Srimad Bhagavatam. So one has to be careful and remove those motivations. So what are those motivations? There are three Maharajists. One is Vishaya, typical um, symptom of this is I hear with an expectation that the speaker will entertain me, he'll have some light stories, nice entertainment, he'll crack jokes, otherwise I am bored. 
So going with this expectations and going to particular speaker and hear only particular lectures with this motivation, thinking that I will be entertained, the speaker will entertain me. That is a motivation that must be removed. Second motivation is motivation to get name and fame. With the mentality of hearing it so that I can repeat in my next class. And by repeating it, I will become a famous preacher. If you are hearing only with that attitude, then that motivation also has to be removed. The correct thing is, how do I apply in my life at this point? The third, the third motivation which needs to be removed is Aishwarya. Maharaj explains this comes from the root word Ishwara, Aishwarya, Ishwara, which means power, the, the controlling potency, the nature. The very closely connected to Yasha is that you hear the motivation that I will repeat and by repeating I will influence people and I will exercise my control over them and through that try to gain power and opulence. So these three has to be Motivations have to be given up and then the humble attitude, the eagerness, the faith, the mood of uninterrupted, unmotivated hearing and the mood to purify and change my heart. I desperately need to hear this even though I have heard it many times. Why is this particular verse, the section is coming to my life in this time to me? Mm. Then the transformation of the heart will happen. So Maharaj ends that seminar with the story of Dundukari about how desperate he was that he was held in that horrible condition of life, how desperately he heard Bhagavatam and how he went to a glorious destination. <clears throat> so if we incorporate these um, qualities when we are hearing, then the purification will happen. Removing the motivations and maintaining a proper attitude while hearing. Having understood the potency of the purifying aspect of the Lord, His lotus feet, His holy name, the scriptures, and having understood the proper attitude of hearing and how it helps us in our devotion, we are inspired to practice bhakti, we are inspired to hear nicely. Now the physical aspect of us 
which is comprised of the earth, water, fire and ether, that also has to be maintained in a proper healthy state as the um, Holy Nasatinam Maharaj says, it has to be aligned properly, body, mind and heart, so that you get the effect of the purification. What I want to touch upon is the characteristics of the, the five elements with which the body is made up of and how we can uh, tap into the energy of the Lord by which our gross and subtle body is made up of and strengthen that to practice bhakti in a unmotivated and uninterrupted way. The interruption is through the to, from the body platform because of the imbalance of the body elements one must also address that. Again quoting um, Satyananda Maharaj If one neglects to take care of the bodily needs in the name of just focusing on spiritual growth. Um, his animal-like desires might also come up. And Maharaj course, Bhakti one has to um, balance his work, um, recreation, and all that as Krishna described in Gita. Eating, sleeping, recreation and work. For that we need to understand um, how the elements within our body work. It is described in the Ayurveda. We can uh, make endeavors to understand our body type and what combination of food to eat, drink at a particular time, place, so that it does not interrupt our bhakti. According to my own examples, I didn't know what proper food combination is healthy, what is causing disease. I was eating a particular combination of food which makes me unhealthy, which means I have to run to the toilet. Again, the whole sequence you need to take bath, the whole time is wasted, but just by knowing what combination of the food to eat, how to tune the um, body, just the simple aspect of using the potency of the prana that we inhale and doing that, how to purify the um, impurities, gross and subtle. So once we are able to understand that and also focus on that, because the aspect of curing of diseases is being discussed. One point of bathing the water in the rivers. Um, by that we can um, purify ourselves and get out of disease. Second is by understanding our own bodily constitution. Um, the doshas. And each one is connected to a particular guna, sattva guna. 
from that ether comes from sattva transforms into rajoga then air appears then fire from rajoga so when we read that we also have to apply that these elements are outside me and inside me how do i um balance them in such a way that i am out of disease and the time that i save in wasting in disease and all that i can engage in bhakti now these five elements are also connected to various emotions and your mentality your well being your vitality i will quickly touch upon those components whereby we can check or we can do a scan of ourselves starting with the earth element it actually uh, krishna described punya gandha that that stability that i am safe and secure i am protected i am protected by krishna because when the base stability is not there which happens at the time of crisis that you you are shaken you don't know what you want to do whether you have to move to a different place or not especially in this time of crisis the earth element as the energy of the lord gives you that stability and one can say to himself as affirmations that i am safe because i am protected by the lord i am secure because i am protected by the lord and this stability safety and trust helps in a person to be grounded and also helps one in um healing oneself each one is connected to uh, the different energy and different uh, energy centers i will not go into the names and complicate but just want to uh touch upon the nature and the affirmations that we can say to ourselves <clears throat> so we look at earth element then the water element is related to uh fluidity the quenching of thirst and then the aspect of movement the satisfaction the feelings part of us and this also deals with the creativity the creative energy of male and female um that manifests in the form of producing children and also in the form of creating and the creative aspect that is facilitated by water so this creativity also uh, deals with connecting to the sacred aspect of the lord as we say that धर्मांगुलदहुतेशु कामस्मिबर्तश्च द सेक्सुअलिटी इज सेक्रेड 
So one has to understand and um, apply that part. So the creativity is there, but it has to be uh, considered as sacred. It has to be used in Lord's service. <coughs> This element of fire deals with emotions like self-confidence, respect for oneself, respect for others, responsibility for making decisions and the feeling that I am a worthy person and the spiritual side of it, I'm, when I went through the affirmation, what struck me is, I am a spiritual warrior, that, that fighting nature against the odds that come to us internally or externally. And that motivation, confidence based on the fact that we are grounded, we are protected, and we are surrounded by devotees, by Shastras, Guru, still one has to do his work. Which means I am a spiritual warrior. That fire has to be there. So fire is what transforms from one state to the other, liquid to gas, like that. So if we want transformation, that fire has to be there, but it has to be in the proper direction. So that's why we can say that I am a spiritual warrior, I respect myself, I respect others, and I set healthy boundaries. So this is to do with the uh, fire aspect. Next with the element of air. The element of air is comes to um, emotions like love and hatred the negative side could be feeling lonely not able to forgive others but uh, when it is used properly it can generate hope and trust and focus more on the, the unconditional love which is the key aspect of uh, bhakti. So you, you are open to receive love and give love. We are open to receive love from Guru and Krishna and we are able to show um, love to Guru, Krishna and the Vaishnavas. So if you are not internally blocked from receiving love, so then the hand element helps on that. So this is how we can <coughs> Even though the mercy is given to us, we are not able to appreciate it. So then we must work on ourselves and we must remove those blocks so that the, we can perceive love and that is aided by the air element. Where we can say to ourselves that I am totally open to and giving and receiving love. In our case from Guru, Sadhu and Shastra. 
and I trust and I choose love over fear. So in this way, the, the affirmations help us to take the right direction. Now, the element of sound is where you speak. So, speaking also means you speak the truth, which in our case it comes from the Shastra, it comes from the Guru, and you also live by that. The second aspect of the sound is you are willing to hear spiritual sound, that's what we heard about the proper attitude of hearing. And being able to accept the truth, if something harsh has been said about us, if this internal introspection is sometimes might be hard for us to do. Uh, that absolute truth, you are able to speak, and you are able to hear, and you are able to digest it. So that's the sound aspect. And most importantly, you don't interrupt someone else speaking. If you constant, if you constantly have words to interrupt others, so then the Inspired to hear 
Now, how do we work on ourselves with the aid of these five elements, earth, water, fire, air and ether, and allow ourselves to be an instrument? In this way, we take shelter of the Dhaivi Prakriti of the Lord and we take shelter of Sri Sri Radha Pallava, Sri Sri Jagannath and Sri Sri Gaurita. So I'll conclude here and see if there are any questions, corrections. This Prabhu you mentioned about, you know, uh, even though we are hearing Srimad Bhagavatam, why we are not getting purified, still uh, so much of jada. Um, of course, these three points you mentioned definitely are important. Then I feel apart from those, maybe the layers of layers of layers of Anurta became there in our heart, so strong, so thick, that even though this is falling, um, effect is not happening. So, so just like one mirror, one mirror when we have some yes. dust and accumulated for several years, it becomes so strong. If you try to remove, mirror may break. Yeah, so, so that's why if you have that strong faith that by consistently applying the potency of the holy name, the scriptures, when heard, by removing all those motivations, you put your faith on those holy sources, that their potency is more than your anathas. So we don't have to become anatha conscious, we have to become anatha cautious and Krishna conscious. So focus on that aspect of the potency of the Lord and His purifying abilities through various channels and be hopeful. So that's why so the consistent application from our side and uh, patiently wait. So patience doesn't mean that you don't put efforts and uh, without putting any efforts and waiting that is the mode of ignorance. But having put the efforts, then waiting that is the mode of ignorance. So consistent application, maintaining that um, having hope against hope and determined and enthusiastic. So, and with these points which Maharaj mentioned about removing those motivations, it's an eye-opener for me. So, right. Thank you very much. Nandara Ashrama Bhagavatam Ki Jai 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 Jai